Welcome to another episode, ladies and gentlemen, and all of you college football fans. We are just around the corner. Depends on what conference you are a fan of, and depends on what team you're a fan of, because at this point, we're we're getting to the nitty-gritty. So, uh, at least for me, for the Oklahoma Sooners, they uh, kick off September 12th in Norman against Missouri State, and then I believe Big 12 Conference play begins September 26th in Norman uh, against Kansas State, I believe, is their um, first Big 12 Conference game. The month of October, Oklahoma is going on the road. They go probably mostly to the state of Texas. So I think everybody but Iowa State's the only one that they do that is in Texas. I think it's TCU, Texas, Texas Tech, and Iowa State. I believe is the month of November or month of October, and then the month of November, uh, Oklahoma uh, has one road game, and I believe that's West Virginia. So. And then everybody else is at home. And then, of course, December, um, home game against, I believe, Baylor in Norman to finish out the conference uh, schedule and the 2020 season before the Big 12 championship game. I want to say the 19th of December. I could be wrong. Don't hold me to it. At this rate, anything's possible. Uh, The way that the season has been, has has been, we haven't even kicked off yet. We haven't even kicked off. We've missed Tennessee and Army, uh, both games I'm actually looking forward to. But um, COVID-19 says <clears throat> says differently nonetheless. So um, <clears throat> in the meantime, welcome to another episode of the Air Raid Attack podcast. Uh, today we'll be talking college football. We'll be talking NBA and the Denver Broncos and even the Buffalo Bills. And I'll tell you why here in a shortly. What's funny is, <clears throat> before we kick things off, you know, what's funny is here in Oklahoma, as we approach, we're at the end of August, and we should be, uh, if it wasn't for the COVID-19 outbreak, we're a week away from college football. But instead, everything cancels. A lot of things postponed. If you missed uh, the previous uh, episode, definitely go back and check it out. But I mentioned that the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the Mountain West, the Mid-American Conference, uh, all postponed, uh, canceled their season, hopefully to play in the spring of 2021. We'll see how that goes. In fact, um, we'll see how that goes. We will talk Big 12 rumors. And if you're just jamming in, I'll actually retweet it on Twitter. And if you're not following me on Twitter, that's where I'm mostly interactive at, uh, is on Twitter. My personal Twitter, On Air with Mike, and then the show's Twitter, Air Raid underscore podcast. You can get <clears throat> all kinds of information. And so um, that's always fun to, uh, to, to be a part of. We'll also talk um, NBA. Is Billy Donovan on the hot seat here in Oklahoma City? We'll talk to Denver Broncos for just a little tad bit. Hopefully, and then don't forget the special Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City Energy FC interview that I had with a few players and a few coaches just a year ago uh, on Media Day prior to the 2019 season. We'll just go ahead and release it, uh, even if it's a year ago. Uh, needless to say, not much in sports has been going on, so we will um, ain't going to miss much. In the meantime... Um, Well, in the meantime, my mouse is completely 
broken. Alrighty. In the meantime, we are going to talk college football. And the rumors are the Big 12 is Nebraska, um, Iowa, I believe it was Wisconsin. Um, a few teams are wanting to join the Big 12. Uh, more so than not that to get the to get the um, 2020 season underway. And I don't necessarily blame them, per se. Um, I understand a lot of people are wanting are wanting their seasons to continue. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of conferences uh, uh, say otherwise. So we'll see. My thoughts on it. It'd be cool to see Michigan. Uh, it'd be cool to see Oklahoma play in Nebraska again. I know 2021 they come to Norman. It'd be cool to see. Oklahoma play, you know, Iowa. It'd be the first time, I think, since the Insight Bowl many years ago, seems like, when Blake Bale was a quarterback at Oklahoma. Um, it'd be really cool to see Wisconsin, who's known for the ground, the running game, um, the ground and pound uh, mentality. It'd be really, really, really cool to see them play Michigan with the tradition that um, Coach Harbor has at Michigan, not only, well, for the exception of Ohio State, he, he's yet to find the magic to beat Ohio State. But it'd be cool to play some team that you usually don't play. Or if you do play, it's going to be the year 2032 or 2031, you know, crap like that. But my personal opinion, I don't think now it's, it's the time, as much as I hate saying that, be cool. But we're less than a month away, barely a month away. I believe that, what, four weeks is what we're looking at. And uh, I'll be actually be in Norman So for the Missouri State game. But we'll see. Um, but now, let it as is. Um, if it gets us away from playing Kansas, I'm all for it. If it gets us away from playing, you know, West Virginia, Texas Tech, I would probably mi- wouldn't mind. Iowa State, I probably wouldn't mind subbing out for just a year. Um... Really, that's about who I probably maybe TCU, even though they're really, really close. But, you know, probably some of those teams would be my my suggestions if you want to call so much calling sub. So uh, in the meantime, um, I think we're I think we're perfectly fine. I don't know why my mouse is uh, acting up. So bear with me here. Um, call. <laughs> we'll talk. uh AAC football, the American Athletic Conference. Uh, really, there's not um, not much really. If you want to go back to episode 29, uh, feel free to. Uh, that will have all the American Athletic uh, predictions. Um, it was in conjoining of the Mountain West uh, Conference. Of course, that conference is uh, is going to cancel. And um, and so we won't talk too much AAC. The conference that we talked about mostly, and I don't know what happened. I don't know. Oh, that's what it was. So, of course, many of you know I am perfectionist at its fine best, and many of you that uh, probably are agreeing. So, what we're gonna do? Is is I will tell you a little story, and then we'll talk. We'll talk some about in conference USA real quick. 
is I'm a perfectionist at its best. Well, some of these shows can last 30, 40 minutes. Now, this one shouldn't last no more than 30, 40 minutes. But um, so we were doing a Conference USA Sunbelt uh, preview show. Well, we just got done. Literally, I, it was going to be a double. <clears throat> I had a double episode night. Mountain West AAC followed by Sunbelt Conference USA. Well, the Sunbelt part got recorded. My retarded self, and yes, I'm very vocal about just life in general. My retarded self felt the need to realize that my platform that I use with Anchor.fm, the mic, and when the mic's red and it's flashing with the logo of Anchor like it is right now, it means we're recording. Well, let's be honest, I was not paying attention. I knew that there was a 30-minute time frame on laptop versions, on the phone versions. It's longer, and that's when I do a lot of my interviews. It's longer because I don't have to avoid stopping, going, stop, going. So anyway, long story short, I talked, I think, another extra 20-something minutes. But here I am editing, going back to edit, about to release it. I kind of find out. There's no other part. There's no sun. There's no conference USA. I had a sun belt. So, you know, things happen. But life story, as much as I am a perfectionist, that was my embarrassing moment. So there you go. It's a Thursday. It's the end of the week. Tomorrow, TGIF. Depends on when you listen to this podcast. It may be a Tuesday when you listen to it. So happy hump day the following day. Or could be a monday or it could be a sunday and hopefully your week is a good one so and if you listen to it on a friday you made it to the weekend and hopefully you have a good weekend anyway sunbelt conference mostly we're just going to get to it and here we go sunbelt conference i think really uh, it's going to be appalachian state and it's going to be losing a lafayette to win uh, i don't see anyone else in the division or in the conference really going to make a run to it I expect uh, Troy, you know, I think Troy could be a dark horse in regards to uh, a few positions, a key positions. Uh, otherwise, I think Appalachian State. Now, here's the thing. We're talking college football. <clears throat> if Appalachian State, now, I don't know if the Sun Belt's going to continue with the, like the Big 12 is, one non-conference, two non-conference games, the rest uh, conference games, or if they're just strictly conference games. But the Sun Belt... Uh, it's going to be a weak year for the Sun Belt. And so Appalachian State, I would imagine, should be in the top probably 20 when they when the preseason polls come out, if they haven't already come out. I expect Appalachian State to at least be in the top 25. Now, um, however, when you got three coaches in three years for Appalachian State, and that shows the success, the success of, of Appalachian State, the Mountaineers, which, by the way, if you don't know where Appalachian State is, it's in Boone Clark uh, it's in Boone, North Carolina. Um, but uh, I believe the Appalachian State Mountaineers could sneak into that New Year's Six Bowl. Now, how they're going to work the New Year's Six Bowl this year with a lot of these teams out, that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. And when we get more information on that one, that one's definitely going to be a podcast in itself. Um, but in the meantime, I think uh, Appalachian State's going to take care of business. Georgia Southern, I think, um, even though you can consider them a dark horse, there's still a gap between Georgia Southern and Appalachian State. 
I think Coach Lunsford squad's going to earn a, definitely a bowl trip. Um, needless to say, with the quarterback words, uh, directing an um, option attack, last year averaging over 253 yards a uh, game. You got Wesley Kennedy coming back, J.D. King um, with the support. They're going to be fine offensively. Defensively, there's still room for improvement. Uh, giving up, uh, I believe, close to six yards of play in conference play. Again, the concerns still on defense, secondary, of course, with the departure of the corners and their safety. I think the defensive side for um, for uh, Georgia Southern is going to really what makes or breaks that gap. Troy is an interesting one. Troy is you got a quarterback that they're going to. Um, shoot for this year in the fall camp that's fighting for that starting job you got um, jacob free you got gunner watson you got uh, parker mcneil um, fighting for that nod to get under center you got your top receiving quarterback now again their biggest issues will be at is against defense they gave up 34.8 a year ago in points. They gave up almost seven yards a carry. We'll see. Georgia State, I think, is going to have some issues winning. They got road trips to Troy, road trip to Appalachian State, Arkansas State, Charlotte, Alabama. Well, Alabama, but I think that's been canceled, which probably, in my opinion, wouldn't have mattered anyway. You got Coastal Carolina. You got, uh, I think, in the bottom of the East Division, uh, they're still in rebuilding mode. They do have six starters coming back on defense. I think they can make a bowl game. I think at this point, everybody's going to make a bowl game. Um, the way that uh, the everything's looking out to shaping out to be. Uh, don't expect too much from UNC Charlotte. Louisiana is a team that's going to be interesting. And if you don't know who Louisiana is, it used to be Louisiana Lafayette. This is a team that could. That could upset Appalachian State. Not saying it's going to happen. This could. They face him in Boone. That game, I think, is going to declare home field advantage for the Sun Belt Championship game. I will see. Arkansas State, uh, I expect to make a run. Um, they're going to have tough games, Appalachian State and Louisiana. They're going to have to win both in order to kind of compete for the Sun Belt and make a run towards the championship game. I expect South Alabama, I expect uh, them to kind of make some improvement, show some improvement as we head into 2021. Louisiana Monroe and Texas State, I still expect a lot of rebuilding and a lot of uh, improvement <clears throat> this year. So with that being said, I know it's not much, and Sun Belt's a great conference, but again, overall, um, Sunbelt Championship, I have Appalachian State beating Louisiana. I do have Appalachian State losing to Louisiana in Boone, but I think uh, Appalachian State comes back and beats him for the Sunbelt Championship game. Uh, I believe that Appalachian State has the best wide receiver offensive line and defensive line unit. I think uh, Louisiana has the best running back and defensive back unit, and the Troy has the best linebacker crew in the conference uh offensive player of the year i think it's gonna be hands down zach thomas the quarterback out of appalachian state i think uh, carlton uh, marshall from the linebacker from uh, troy 
gets defensive coach of the or defensive player of the year, coach of the year, Billy Napier from Louisiana. I gets the nod, even though um, I have Appalachian State and um, Sean Clark winning the uh, Sun Belt as the coach of the year. As the coach in the hot seat, Steve Campbell, South Alabama, I think he's had his time. This is a huge year and a tough – actually, this year is going to be a tough conference. Uh, top freshman, Christian Wells, Appalachian State, I expect to be big things. Uh, top newcomer, Brady McBride, quarterback out of Texas State. I expect some decent – a decent year out of him this year. Steve Portis, Troy. I think if Troy can really make – I think if Troy gets the quarterback position under, under – um, under control, they got the weapons to make the score some points. If they can fill in that uh, secondary for Troy, expect them to make potential some noise. Uh, Louisiana wide receivers crew is a key position to watch. I think if they can make have big games, they are going to make a run. Best coordinator hire, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Patrick Tony, defensive coordinator, Louisiana. And again, the hardest team to evaluate is Troy. And the reason why they are the hardest team to evaluate is because it all depends on the quarterback. That's the key, the quarterback. You have no quarterback, you don't have much of a team. You have no offensive line, you definitely don't have a team. And if you're secondary, and we all know as Sooner fans, uh, if you have no secondary or they're average at best, you're going to get smothered and uh, or smoked or burned or whatever you want to call it so again uh i expect troy again to be that sleeper team hard team to evaluate so on and so forth as we uh, barely in the sunbelt conference real quick conference usa and we're not going to take too much of the time again we made this once and apparently my stupidity did not get the uh, podcast out there, and it got diluted. So there you have it. Uh, I expect Western Kentucky to to be the team of the the wrecking crew in the East Division. You got Tyson Helton's head coaching debut went off to a great start last, or Rocky Star I should say last year, losing to Central Arkansas, who is a FCF, which is a uh, Division One AA team. I expect them to do uh, at least better than that. Uh, this year, overall, <clears throat> Marshall, I think it's the only team that really uh, could make some noise. However, with the inexperienced quarterback taking over, you got four of the five uh, offensive linemen back. You got some right. You got the uh, reigning uh, conference USA player of the year and Brandon and Brandon Knox, who rushed over close to 1400 yards just a year ago. They could make some noise. We'll see. Fort Atlantic. Chris Robinson, I still think it's going to be phenomenal. The offense is still going to be phenomenal. However, uh, I think the secondary is going to have a lot of identity to show what they can and can't do. Expect the defense to kind of to kind of be the main issue. Charlotte, um, I think Charlotte's going to have some issues, especially on the road. Marshall and Florida Atlantic. Middle Tennessee and Florida International, Old Dominion. Old Dominion, by the way, did cancel the 2020 season. Uh, I think Florida National and um, and Middle Tennessee. I expect them to continue to have rebuilding modes. West Division, hands down, Bill Clark and his UAB uh, Dragons, Blazers, whatever you want to call them. Um, 
they're going to be phenomenal again this year. The defense is phenomenal. Top in the top in, in the conference the last three years. I expect the same again this year. Um, Law Tech, I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for UAB. If UAB, I think the winner of Law Tech and UAB, the winner of that goes to play Washington, Kentucky. Uh, I expect Rice to make some noise, but not enough to be in that conference, you would say. Um, noise, they do have linebacker Blaze Aldridge back, Elijah Garcia, DeBranlin Carroll back in the trenches for them, for Rice. But the offensive side is, is concerning. North Texas and Texas San Antonio. Uh, North Texas is going to be the middle of the pack. We'll see how they can do settle in with the quarterback position. Texas San Antonio. Texas San Antonio and uh, and UTEP are teams that uh, they're, they're going to they are going to um, be in rebuilding mode for quite a while. So, Conference USA projected uh, top unit rankings. Uh, UAB has the best running backs. I think Charlotte has the best receivers. Uh, both the linemen on offense and defense goes to Western Kentucky. Even though UAB, you can throw in the mix, especially on that D line. And best linebacker crew, you can toss up Rice, in my opinion, has the best. UAB's right up there. Secondary, four to none for UAB. Who do I have winning the Conference USA Championship game? I got UAB taking care of business over Western Kentucky. Offensive Player of the Year, Justin Henderson, running back, Law Tech. Expect to see him playing on Sundays. Defensive Player of the Year, I have Jordan Smith, linebacker from Alabama. No or UAB. Uh, Coach of the Year, Bill Clark, UAB. No surprise. Uh, phenomenal job at UAB. Coach on the hot seat, Dama Dimel, um, UTEP. I feel bad. The program's really in the in the bad spot right now, but you got to show some improvement. Haven't seen that much lately. Top freshman uh, Hayden Wolf, quarterback. Oh, um, Jawan. It was going to be Hayden Wolf, quarterback, out of Old Dominion. Um, with Old Dominion canceling the twenty twenty season, Jawan Johnson. Um, I expect to be in that mix. Top newcomer. Uh, Jason Brown Lee, Southern Miss, and Sleeper Team Charlotte, and Western Kentucky quarterback position is the key. Is the key to uh, position to watch by far for uh, for Western Kentucky, and we are just continually having issues. So. In the meantime, we're switching over real quick. College football, just joining in on this podcast, or you're listening on Periscope, which we're live on Periscope. We will be back on YouTube here shortly, uh, more than likely next week or after Labor Day. I, I plan on that. Last week when the Big 12 announced that they were going to move forward with the 2020 season, I launched the Sportscaster Page for the show that was pretty fun. I'm still getting new to that, but that was pretty cool. But uh, college football again, if you missed it on the last show, definitely listen. But if you don't want to listen, we're going to miss out a lot. But uh, Clemson is my national champion. I think all around Trevor, I mean, all around that team's talented, and 
we are going to uh, we're going to see some noises here. So we will go from there. I wish. Come on. Q and A session coming up next. We got so much more to talk about. We're going to take a short break. Listen on how you can be a part of Anchor.fm family and how you can start your own podcast here in just a few moments. Alrighty, welcome back. Hopefully that will um, give you some information on how you can be a part of this Anchor.fm family. Trust me, uh, being a part of this community is great. And it's the best way, an easy way to pretty much make your own podcast started from scratch. They help you dispute, uh, distribute your podcast out to the, to the big names. And uh, even with your hard work, you can do the same but uh, in the meantime, we're going to talk some more, continue this trend Q&A session. We got one question in. Um, he is a fellow listener, a good person to talk to. He is the head coach of, of Cardinal Gibbons High School in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He will also be on the show here hopefully next week, if not the week after. Uh, for sure, hopefully we won't get him in the bind to where the uh, the season is. Uh, I know that down in Florida, I don't know if they start college, uh, high school football or not, but he is a, a phenomenal person to talk to. And uh, he is a Big 12 guy, went to Texas Tech. Little history about him. He um, coached at West, uh, he coaches at West Texas A&M. He did it. He coached, I believe, in Winnipeg at the in the uh, Canadian Football League. So anyway, his question, uh, his Q and A, his question was pretty much plain and simple: Who is the better offensive coordinator, Leach, Riley, Debuck, Chow, Chow, and Dana? Um, Hopefully, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm on right on Mike Leach, uh, Lincoln Riley. Of course, Mike Leach, the head coach at Mississippi State. Lincoln Riley, the head coach at Oklahoma. Now, don't forget, his brother, I believe, is the, is the offensive coordinator. I want to say Rice or SMU. Um, Matt Dubuck. <laughs> Matt Dubuck. Um, I'm sure that, that's going to be him. Uh, Norm Chow, and I'm sure Dana Hoganson. You know, in each one... Uh, brings a different thing to a table. Now, Norm Chow is a phenomenal. He did phenomenal at USC. Uh, he had... Well, first off, let's go with Mike Leach. Um, Mike Leach, back in the late 90s, when he was brought on from to Oklahoma under Bob Stoops uh, in 1999... 
you had he brought a different style of play under what well, he did. Phenomenal job at Oklahoma in that one year. He then took the head coaching position at Tex at Texas Tech. And then from there, he really did phenomenal. Now his his thing was we're going to practically we're going to spread the field. And Texas Tech had a lot of amazing quarterbacks. And and the reason why they threw four or five thousand yards a season, they had like I'm sure they had almost you know, if you stage a whole year, you have twenty something thousand yards or and stuff like that. But Mike Leach really brought that <clears throat> that spread offense, really made it known. So again, he he was successful at Texas Tech. Of course, there were some issues at the end that was causing him to get fired. He did pretty decent at Washington State. I thought he I thought he did pretty well uh, with what they had out there. Um, him going to, to the Southeastern Conference is going to be is going to be one for the ages. Lincoln Riley's offensive schemes is just one far probably no one else in this world can bring up. If you sit here, <clears throat> now I have to find one and tweet it out on, on both the show and my personal one. Lincoln Riley's visual, mind visual, is unbelievable. He can sit there and tell you what play. If you sat there and tell him, all right, Lincoln, um, let's just say, for example, the Rose Bowl, Oklahoma, Georgia, a few years back. Well, I thought it was a thriller, one of the best college football games in quite a while. Oklahoma has the ball. Georgia's 42-yard line left hash. Here's a previous play. Third quarter, whatever the score was at the time. Here's how many minutes left, seconds left, so on and so forth. He can legitimately tell you what play that was following week. Lincoln Riley, I think, phenomenal job at Oklahoma as well. Norm Chow, I think, his claim to fame was USC. Uh, his offensive schemes didn't work so well with the XFL, with the LA Wildcats. Uh, didn't go so well. Chow for a while. Um, then after Tennessee, I think it was, what was it? He went from USC, who went from, I believe, he started... Well, he went from USC in 2001. He then, in 2005, went to Tennessee, I believe, from 05 to 07. He then was um, fired by Tennessee after the 2007 season. He was brought in from Norm Chow, uh, or he was brought in um, as head coach from Rick Neuheisel as the offensive coordinator at U uh, UCLA. When Lane Kiffin was brought in as head coach at USC, I believe Chow then was attempted to be the offensive coordinator at USC, but I believe he rejected it. I can't remember. He was then brought in at Utah for just, I want to say, one a year. I don't think he was there very long. He was a head coach at Hawaii. He didn't do so well. He, he didn't do so well. Um, then I think he went to high school for a split time. And, of course, the XFL, which, well, that went. I think I think COVID took care of that one. 
But you look at Hawaii he, as a head coach, he didn't do well at all. Tough place, you know, just overall. Um, to answer his question, uh, I'm assuming that's Dana Hogerson. His offensive teams isn't bad. He just, I don't know. Um, offense better offensive coordinator. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go Matt Dubuck. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know much um, of coaching. We'll get him on. We'll talk. We'll, we'll definitely talk um, on on here. And I love to hear his history. Um, of course, Matt Dubuck, I'm going to answer your question. You're the best offensive coordinator out there. Um, besides that, I think Mike Leach, and, and I like what Lincoln Riley does at Oklahoma and what he did at East Carolina. I'm not talking what he did. Uh, don't forget what he did at East, East Carolina. But you got you got Mike Leach really got this spread attack going. And so uh, what he did there, and, and he, it just carries on. He just never had a defense, seemed like, and, and he hated punt. He wasn't a huge fan of punting on fourth down. But um, needless to say, to answer your question, all jokes aside, uh, Mike Leach, of course, Matt, Matt, you're 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 up there. You're you're my number one. If I was the head coach of a university, you're you're my first call. I will I will say that. Uh, <laughs> but all jokes aside, uh, definitely definitely Mike Leach. I like what Lincoln Riley does too. But you got to go old school at times. So. Uh, switching over to college football, do NBA real quick, and then uh, we will talk some podcasts and we'll head off. Oklahoma City, two losses away. They are two losses away from elimination. Absolutely. Uh, just got – they played – I thought they played well for the most part. I did not watch the game, but from what I saw the highlights, I know they were in the game in the third. Don't know what happened in the fourth, but – Needless to say, without Russell Westbrook, I'm a little disappointed at how the Thunder uh, played, especially game one. I think both teams really came out. Um, definitely came out um, stylish. So, we'll see. Um, let's go NBA. We're having all kinds of issues tonight. All kinds of issues tonight. All right, there we go. Uh, Oklahoma City won 11-98, lost to Houston. Um, if you're Oklahoma City, you're right back to... Really, you're right back to where you were when Billy Donovan took over. You get to the playoffs and you fizzle. Where do I, where am I going to take this? I, I get Billy Donovan won Coach of the Year, and 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 rightfully so. I think that I I don't know what the job that he's done. I don't know who you would have legitimately would have beaten said he was going to do a better job. Phenomenal job what he did. The concern I have is that's that's fine with what you did in the regular season. I'm not knocking that. Now, granted, this team was playing great basketball before this COVID thing um, hit. When, when sports was when sports was canceled, 
you're, you're not, you're, you are completely playing the best basketball that the NBA has to offer in March. <clears throat> After Thanksgiving, they were playing wonderful basketball. I, I wasn't a huge fan of them restarting anyway. I thought they should have just canceled the league. That's it. We're done. Move on to offseason, summer camp, draft. Let's go back in October. Go from there. But now you're going to have a later season, 21-22 or 20-21 season. You're going to have – I don't know what if you're going to continue to have later seasons after this. I don't know. But Billy Donovan, phenomenal head coach at, at Florida – He's done a decent. I want to say he's done a great job at uh, Oklahoma City. He's done decent, but again, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. His contract's up, and I think if Oklahoma City's smart, you look around first. Mark Jackson's name's still out there. I wouldn't mind seeing Mark Jackson in Oklahoma City. Uh, I, I wouldn't probably go the college route unless he can grab somebody big time. And that can maybe change the scenery here in Oklahoma City. I get people say, well, he's done a great job with a team that, and heck, even when, even when before the season started, I had Oklahoma City, I believe, winning 20, 20 or 21 games. Yeah, I, no, I, I did not have them competitive at all. I don't know what would they end up winning for. I think 48-4, I think, is what they finally end up winning. But, and that's not bad. Fifth in the Western Division. But now we're in the playoffs, and you got to win in the playoffs. I mean, that's great. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Look at Oklahoma. Phenomenal seasons, year in and year out. But you got to eventually win that playoff game. And it just has not happened for Oklahoma City. My thing is, I, st- I say you look. Look who's out there first. Ask yourself, are these people, or is, is he better than what I have right now? Can he take us over this hump? If you can't answer that honestly, then maybe you stick with Billy Donovan. But I expect changes to still be made in Oklahoma City. I still think you start rebuilding. You got a lot of first-round picks here in years to come. I don't know. If you get swept by Houston without Russell Westbrook, first of all, I think he's out. I think if it's nothing, if it's if it's a sweep, if it's a five-game series, he's definitely fired. If it's six, yeah, questionable. Seven, still questionable. He's got to win this first-round series. We all knew it was going to be a tough one to begin with. Tougher if Russ if Russ was going to play. I'm not for sure if he's going to play in game three or four. I don't know. Maybe he's going to wait till after the series is over, presuming that Houston advances, then he'll play. I, I don't know. But um, I don't know. We'll see. Oklahoma City, you're on the clock. Whether you're going to do with the head coaching position or not, Beyond me, my personal opinion, I like Billy, but you got to win in the playoffs. You've got to win in the playoffs. You've got to win in the playoffs, and that has not happened under Billy Donovan. 
you lost last year to Portland. I believe the year prior to that was Utah. Enough's enough. Enough is enough. You've got to win in the playoffs. If you don't win in the playoffs, you don't have a job. That's all there is to it. Phenomenal job. I'm not knocking what he did. But you got to move on. Got to move on. NFL, 25 days away. Uh, we'll have an NFL preview show on Labor Day weekend. So expect that uh, here coming soon. And also this Saturday, we'll be on uh, Periscope, hopefully YouTube, but definitely live on Periscope like I am right now. If you don't know what Periscope is, look it up. It's kind of neat. Uh, live on Periscope, you will watch me practically do a live broadcast as I'm doing it right now. Uh, Stadium Scene TV, wonderful community, uh, sports podcasters, uh, videos, bloggers, so on and so forth. Uh, great community. I will be on there uh, this Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Central Time. So if you're on Periscope, definitely um, be ready to watch that live. It's going to be fun. Don't know if I can get on Anchor. I'll try YouTube, but um, if it gets tweeted out, I will share it. So in the meantime, and then also following this podcast, don't forget, stay tuned from the 2019 uh, interviews I did with a few players and a coach from the Oklahoma City Energy FC from the 2019 Media Day. Why so long? Life happens, folks. Life happens. So we'll get that out there just for you guys to hear. Have some fun. Enjoy it. And uh, hopefully you guys can can get, um, can get excited, hopefully, for the upcoming college football season. If you are a fan of college football, Hey, stay tuned. Anything can change. But we're just less than four weeks away, five weeks away um, for pretty much both of them starting. So excited. Thank you guys for what you guys do. Thank you for the support. Don't forget, uh, if you guys want to chime in, uh, go to anchor.fm forward slash air rate attack podcast. On there, there is a message and you can do a voice message. Yes, that's correct. All the information will be in the description of the podcast following the release. But again, uh, this Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Central Time, I'll be on live on Periscope. And uh, I'll be joining Jake, uh, DJ, and Kate uh, from Stadium Scene TV doing a little interview from there. So in the meantime, you guys stay safe. Wear your mask. Do whatever you got to do. Stay safe. Uh, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and Google. And then uh, share it. Rate us. Whatever you want to do. You guys take care, stay safe, and I'll see you on the other side. As always, we would like to give three shout-outs. People that follow us on Twitter, at AirRaid underscore podcast, and a random fan shout-out. So without further ado, Coach Bradley, the offensive line and run game coordinator at Highland Community College. Matt Dubuck, the head coach of Cardinal Gibbons. And Big Play Blake, co-host of the Big Play Podcast, and a shout-out to our fan of the show, Miss Tara, all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thank you all for the support and the follows on Twitter. You guys definitely subscribe on iTunes and Google Podcasts. Follow the show at Air Raid underscore podcast. And without further ado, enjoy the show and enjoy the interview 
with the energy FC players and have a great day. I'm here with Cody, the build tender here with the energy FC. Cody, what is the one of your looking forward to, to this upcoming season? Uh, looking forward to a strong home campaign. We want to uh, obviously sell out every home game. Um, we want to bring uh, a brand of soccer that is an exciting brand of soccer uh, to, to Oklahoma City. Um, we have an incredible, incredibly talented roster that uh, we have goals uh, of winning championships. Absolutely. Um, so first and foremost, we want the experience from a fan's point of view to, uh, to be an enjoyable one. Um, to get the get the results needed, and uh, to hopefully at the end of the at the end of the year be raising a raising a trophy. Awesome, very nice. And coming off of the El, uh, win in El Paso, yeah. um, what's your guys' goal heading into the uh, home opener? Um, just continue the good momentum. Uh, playing away from home in the environment that we played, it was you know ten thousand people. It was a really really fun environment. Um, and to continue that, we getting three goals away from home is kind of kind of rare uh, and performing the way we did such in such a dominant way is kind of rare so uh, we want to keep that same momentum coming into the home opener keep that excitement that has been built over the uh, over the offseason uh, and, and keep it moving forward very nice and the last question I know <clears throat> it's been a big talk around here of course the potential of a new stadium yeah. being built downtown what's your thoughts on that in the future uh, for Oklahoma City soccer and, and heading to potentially a major league soccer franchise yeah I think uh, I, I think we're at the point now where it's needed um, if you look at where the sport is going in the United States over the next 10 to 15 to 20 years, um, soccer and basketball are the two that are at the forefront. Um, n knowing that it could possibly be a, or it will be a multi-use facility, uh, therefore able to hold concerts, um, high school uh, football events, you know, other sporting events. Um, sports bring communities together. Um, I think you see it firsthand with what the Thunder are doing. So I really, really... Already coming off a big game um, in El Paso, what's your momentum headed into uh, Las Vegas at the home opener? Uh, coming off that game, uh, we, uh, I think we did pretty well uh, for the start of the season. and um, We just got to get ready for our home opener and uh, show the fans what we have to deliver this year. And uh, I think all the guys here are very excited for the home opener on Saturday. So... We're just going to prepare ourselves for training this week and um, try to get these three points at home. Very nice. And, of course, coming off a big win in El Paso, how, as a team, how's, <clears throat> how's the, uh, the focus remained the same headed into uh, the home opener against Las Vegas and moving forward? Uh, it's, been, it's been positive uh, from the beginning of uh, preseason. Uh, we're a group of guys that uh, we stick together no matter what. So that's um, the main key and the object. So... We, as we say, we stick together and we, we're preparing ourselves for uh, this game because I know, I know Las Vegas is going to come here and try to do the best they can to beat us and everything. But we, we just got to be ready. And as I said, we're going to prepare ourselves this, uh, this week for training and get ready for the game on Saturday. Absolutely. And last question, I'm sure it plays a, uh, plays a huge role, but I'm sure that the fan base and the, the rowdy crowd plays a factor in the home games as well. Absolutely, yeah, because uh, without the fans, I don't think... Uh, we will have the motivation and everything that we have been going on. So it's, it's a great feeling to have such a big crowd behind your back and uh, try to cheer you on, motivate you so that you want to go out there and fight for them, fight for the city and fight for ourselves as a, as a team. You know? So we're, we're very excited and uh, we can't wait for Saturday. Awesome, Desha. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. No problem. Thank you. Thank you, man. If anybody in the media is looking for positive
messaging, I would urge you to speak to some of these players. I would urge you also not just to tell the soccer story of this group of people, but also the life story of some of these people in this room. Most of us in our profession who reach a, a level of performance that these guys have, have reached have done it because they are survivors of difficult moments. They, they go through adversity and they come through in a very strong way. So I would urge you to uh, chat to these players, not only just about their performances on the field and, and what they're going to be doing in the weekend to come, but also ask them about themselves and their stories because every single one of these uh, players that we have and coaches as well for that matter has such an inspirational story for me and they are all mentors to me as well. They, they teach me new things every single day and I think that the more you get the personal <coughs> messaging out there, I think it's going to be a great moment. We will do our very, very best to represent you guys in the city in the best way we possibly can. We promise that we will do everything in our power to bring success to the club and to the city and we will do everything we can every single day to represent you all in the way that you would want to be represented, in a positive way, with, with enjoyment and fun. We know we're very fortunate to earn a, a living out of doing what we do for a job. But let me tell you, uh, the pleasure is ours. It really is a, a wonderful thing for us to be associated with. So again, we do urge you to keep coming out, keep telling the story of these, these players because they're, they're incredibly uh, special human beings. Uh, as I would say quite often, they're ordinary people with extraordinary talent. And, and I think when you tell the story of the ordinary people who achieve great things as all of these people have, I think you can not only uh, sell that story and make it sound uh, amazing to people, but you also then inspire the next generation of people and you would inspire other people to be the greatest they can be in, in their line of work. So thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoy the hospitality. Hopefully this is an event that we will continue to grow and develop and improve upon every single year and more than once a year as well. So if there's anything you need from the players, if you need anything from the, the staff, please don't hesitate to ask. We'd love to be of service to you. And again, thank you uh, so much for your time. And again, keep telling the positive story of these players. It's very great to you guys. So thank you so much. Coming off a huge win, uh, Excuse me, in Las Vegas, what's some teams focus heading into the home opener? I mean, El Paso home opener against Las Vegas this week. I thought the the win and the performance in El Paso away from home uh, against a good team. Um, opening day, obviously, a franchise opening day for them and uh, a very good team that we played against. I thought the performance was a very hard working one, a very well organized one. And obviously, we were able to capitalize on the opportunities that we had. Uh, going forwards and scored three very very good goals so we we couldn't be happier with the result of the game obviously um, as always we come away with plenty of things that we feel we did well and and just as many that we aim to to improve on and that's the focus of the week this week to prepare well as we always do to improve on the elements of the game that we feel uh, need those areas of improvement and and we know that this weekend the Las Vegas game will be another difficult one and um, you know we, we look forward to getting back um, in front of our home fans and you know we're, we're all excited about that home opener however we will prepare as we do for any other game and uh, you know we'll, we'll take a look at the opponent that, that we're playing and we'll, uh, we'll plan 
as we always do to you know to play a match against again another group that will cause us some problems I, I think from a from a ability point of view and we'll do our best to, to combat that but uh, we we're, we're looking forward to it and the one thing we always ask of the players is that we prepare well that we focus on the task and uh, and, and the effort goes into training properly this week first and foremost and then the attention in a couple of days time will turn a little bit more to, to Saturday and uh, prepare the, the players physically make sure we're fresh going into the weekend and uh, aim to, to work hard and give a performance from a effort and a quality point of view that uh, that we want to display to the to the fans who come to the game absolutely and of course what's the message to the fans of what would be the biggest um, top priority I guess so to speak of why they should come out to the game this week I think for for the fans we we aim to, to give the Oklahoma City fans something that they can be proud of watching on the field. And I think, like I say, a, a staple of that is that we, we have a group of guys who I think will, will work extremely hard for each other, will work extremely hard for, for the club and for the fans to, every game, regardless of home or away, give a, uh, an, an effort in performance that people can be proud of. And obviously we'll, we'll do our best every time we play to, to win games of soccer, of course. Um, but, but um, you know, the... The game is, there's lots of variables that go into a game that will determine the work. One thing, uh, the result, excuse me, one thing that we can control ourselves is, is how we approach the game from an attitude point of view. And like I say, the team, I think, will reflect the city, will work very hard, will give 100% effort and focus and commitment to the task. Uh, and then the, the results will fall as, as they will and we'll, uh, we'll, of course, aim to win as many games as possible. But I don't think fans will hopefully ever leave a game not feeling that the players on the pitch at any given moment have, have given everything that they can for the club and the city. Absolutely. I know Cody and, and the net and the roster up and down is, is stacked with a lot of talent. Um, I know a lot of people are saying that the, uh, the expectations are high. Do you, do you think it's reasonable or is it just too is it too early to to count for a championship at the end of the season well i think certainly it's too early to count for a championship at this point (laughs) however i I understand the optimism um we're extremely confident in the group of players that we've got um we're very pleased that people seem to be excited about the season ahead as are we um but i think you know from a from a professional player and professional coach's point of view we take it one game at a time Absolutely. and we approach the next game and there's the same amount of points available this weekend as there will be on the last game of the season and so every game that we play there's three points up for grabs and we'll do our best to win those three points we'll see where that takes us come the end of the season but uh, like I say we're very confident in the players we believe we've got a good group of players to, to do well this season and uh, that's what we'll do we'll just do it a little bit uh, you know, a bit, bit more gradually in terms of focusing on the next game, the next performance, and the next three points. And last question: I know it's been big talk this past week, but uh, I know it's down in the future. What's your thoughts on the potential um, new stadium downtown, and what that could bring to Oklahoma City? Well, we've seen obviously the plans and the uh, the project in terms of uh, how that may take shape. Um, we're extremely excited about it. I think it will be a a wonderful thing um, for of course the team but I think for the city and for, for the fans who, who come and support the team it gives I think something that will be um, a home for people to come and call their own um, and I think it will provide an environment and create an atmosphere not just in the stadium but in the surrounding area as well that um, people hopefully will enjoy being part of and you know, will only help the club progress, help the club build and like I say provide an exciting place for 
fans, for players, for anybody involved in the club and the community, just as importantly to, like I say, call their home for many years to come. So we're, we're excited about it and uh, we look forward to see what's, uh, what's to come. I know I'm excited for this 2019 season. I'm sure you guys are as well. We certainly are. We're looking forward to it. And uh, we've, had a, we've had a very good pre-season. The players have worked extremely well through a, a long seven weeks. And, you know, it was great to, to kick off. Uh, a game in anger last last, uh, oh, yes. last weekend and, and play a game that obviously has three points on the line and there's, there's nothing like that match day for, for players to get themselves excited about and to look forward to and so we'll do the same this weekend and uh, you know like I say we've, we're, we're confident but we'll do that with you know with some humility as well and we'll, uh, we'll approach every game and, and provide the effort that we feel is the right way to, to go about winning games of soccer. I know I'll be there for match day this Saturday at Taft Stadium. I know the grid of OKC will be there in green supporting you guys on, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're looking forward to it as well. It'll be great to see the, the fans out there, and we hope as many people come out to, to support the team this weekend, of course, but throughout the season. And uh, like I say, we'll, we'll be doing everything we can from our side to, to, to give them something on the field that they can sing and shout about and be proud of. And we can't wait to see those fans in the stadium this weekend, believe me. Absolutely. Looking forward to it, and I appreciate your time. No problem, anytime. Right, thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Hey, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course, anytime. Absolutely. Anytime. All right.